Welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies presented to you by Manscaped and brought to you by the ONTAP Sportsnet. If you're looking for the best manscaping products on the planet, go to manscaped.com and browse their awesome selection. The Lawnmower 3.0 brings you 7,000 RPMs of skin-safe technology so you don't nick, cut, or scrape those sensitive areas. Want to keep your boys fresh all day? No problem. Go and pick up the ball toner and ball deodorant so you're fresh all day long. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping on all your manscaping needs. Welcome back to Huskies on Tap. That is the uh, the depression beer right there. The Huskies, you know, they had a great opportunity to go out and win a football game today. Played a good game in the first half, but as we've seen with this season, it's been the tale of two halves. But, you know, this is Beat on 300. I'm here with my co-host, Ethan Wiles. We're here to break down this game from this afternoon. We are 0-5 on the season. We got one game against Eastern Michigan after this, but let me check in with my co-host, Ethan, then we'll get into this game from this afternoon. Yes, definitely a tough loss. I think it was a great opportunity, like you said. I mean, you asked me at the end of that first half, if we scored 48 points combined, if the end of that game we weren't going to score zero in the second half, I would have called you crazy. But, But zero points in the second half is something that needs to be changed. They need to get better. In the second half, Coach Hammock addressed that in the press conference. He He's well aware that the second half was not anywhere close to what the first half resembled. And uh, either way, I think that there is still a lot to look forward to on this team. They played a hell of a game despite the second half. The first half, I said it, you said it, this was the most complete this team has looked all year. The thing that just makes me so, I guess you would say, not worried, but just it's so questionable to me is like, how do we score 24 points in the first half and then just nothing in the second half? I mean, every single week we're able to come out and have a quality first half. We're able to move the football. We're able to score points. Usually get a couple of receivers involved and start that running game. Harrison Wade Lee got his first 100-yard uh, rushing game today. And, you know, again, Tyrese Ritchie, seven receptions, 111 yards, a nice touchdown, I believe, in the second quarter. And Ross Bowers, you know, he had 273 yards and two touchdowns. And, you know, his completion percentage is a little bit, I guess you would say, inflated uh, in the wrong direction because they were just throwing up dark, like they're just throwing up deep balls at the end trying to get some to stick. So the defense for the first time this season was the problem. Uh, the You know, they were able to get turnovers. They were, they were able to get stops, but... This NIU team in the first half didn't really have an answer for Toledo. They found a way to kind of combat it in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, 
they weren't able to play complimentary football and the defense paid heavily for that. And that's another thing that Coach Hammock talked about in his postgame press conference was that complimentary football. And he touched on the fact that when your defense is playing good football and your offense isn't, that's not complimentary football. And realistically, I do think that the defense played well today. I asked Coach Hammock about the soft coverage. That was something that a lot of fans had talked about on social media, something that you and I had talked about up in the Skybox today, which, by the way, Skybox to ourselves today was a pretty awesome experience. Thank you, Donna, for setting that up for us. But either, uh, either way, this defense gave up a lot of medium passes. They didn't really give up the deep ball, which is obviously something Coach Hammock talks about every week, is eliminating the deep plays, eliminating those deep balls. And I think they really did a good job of that. But one thing that Coach Hammock did talk about was the fact that Toledo's backup quarterback was in the game today. And they kind of schemed for more of a run game or a run attack from Toledo. And uh, Carter Bradley came out through 44 passes. So I'd say that that was really not what Coach Hammock had expected. But uh, they got they were able to get turnovers, like you had mentioned. And the run game or the run defense today, I think, stepped up in a huge way. I mean, they only allowed 178 yards, but, you know, 12 carries, 72 yards, 17 carries, 65 yards, five carries, 44 yards. So either way, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed on this defense. But overall, I think to hold this team to what was it? I'm not a big math guy here, but I mean, it was 41 points. Right. It was 41 points. It was still close. I think they held their own in the first half. They were able to keep it close. And it was just a matter of the offense not being able to put points on the board in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah. And one thing, you know, right now that I just want to make clear for listeners, fans, friends, anyone trust this process. Okay. I don't want to see any slander about our student athletes on our posts, on our Twitter. Like if you want to post it on your Twitter, go ahead, do your thing. But, you know, these are guys that some of which we consider friends, some of which are acquaintances and people that we've had on the show. So you're not going to get us to sit here and openly slander them. And and what it comes down to is these are 18 to 22 year old kids. So like the next time you want to like motherfuck one of our student athletes on one of your Facebook or Twitter posts. I want you to think about your 18 to 22 year old son or daughter. And, and if, if you would want someone talking about them that way. So it is unfortunate that, you know, we are in a society where people need to beat down on 18 to 22 year old student athletes, but especially during this time, they sacrifice a lot week in and week out to, bring us the entertainment for three and a half hours out of your week. Like at the end of the day, you go back and you work your eight to five or nine to five job on Monday morning. But regardless of the fact, I, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot to look forward to on this football team. It It's definitely a bridge year. I think a lot of people have talked about that as well. And it's a weird year. You have to remember at the end of the day, this team did not prepare the, the same way they normally would for a regular football season. And I know we talk about this a lot, but can we touch on the fact that there are what 60 some freshmen on this roster like there's gonna be some time to adapt and there's 83 bro 83 bro yeah way yeah way over my number or 83 83 underclassmen i have to double check i'm sorry for for cutting you off but but yeah bro it's just like i i don't know i obviously we're assholes and we say we're gonna win every week and that's on us that's just us being you know who we are that's it is what it is. I honestly, when I woke up this morning, uh, like I said on, you know, the pregame show, I've been watching my grandpa all week. So I wasn't just, you know, I didn't just wake up, roll out of bed, shower and go walk over to Husky Stadium. I actually had a process to myself today. I'm like, I just played some some good game day tunes like I was ready to get to the stadium. And honestly, like the way they came out, I thought they were going to win that game. 
24, 24 at the half. It's, it's the same movie that we've watched for five weeks. It's we'll come out in the first half. We're going to come out real strong. We're going to score some points. The defense is going to get some stops. We're going to get some turnovers. But then at some point in the second half, teams that have, I'm not going to say superior athletes, but upperclassmen who have been in those positions more often than our players are usually going to come out on top. Now, in a game like today, you hate to see it really get away from you and be a 41 to 24 finish. I feel like this really could have been a game that finished within one possession, a game that, you know, we could have had an opportunity to potentially go down and try and score or an onside kick. You know what I'm saying? Just a little bit more of an exciting finish and, and less of a, you know, just dead dog feeling. Cause like, I know you, you know, we had, like you said, we had the suite today, like <sighs> hustle belt. Thank you for picking one game this year to come out to and, and punting us from the press box because the suite was, it was sweet. <laughs> no pun intended. Like I honestly, you know, you, you texted me before I got to the stadium and you're like, just wait until you get here, bro. That was a once in a lifetime experience. And, you know, we had the whole thing to ourselves. We had our little desk and it was a perfect view. I, I know we're both kind of blind guys. I know you wear your glasses. I'm a stubborn SOB and I don't, but I was able to see clearly. And uh, one thing I will say that we haven't touched on is, is those jerseys were absolutely fire, bro. Yes, I love to see that the uh, the NIU Husky Athletic Department is still continuing to find ways to make these athletes look good on the field. Either way, win or lose, you know, it's always good to, to have a little bit of swag. And I think this team really came out with that in the first half. And one thing you touched on with the difference in the first and second half is, and I don't know if you really felt this way too, but like after halftime, both teams really just kind of slowed down their tempo. I mean, we, I know you and I both touched on it in the first half up there with, I think all the scoring drives between both teams were under what, four, five minutes. So at the end of the game, Toledo really took control of that. And coach Hammock, another thing he mentioned too, was it was the reverse opposite of what happened to them in Western Michigan. They controlled the first quarter. Toledo just kept the ball for the rest of the third quarter and into the fourth. So either way, Toledo was able to, you know, make one or two drives. And I really think that that's what this season has come down to one or two, three or four, maybe drives throughout this season where things could have been different. Yeah. And one of the things that we've talked about is, look, it's a younger team. Some of the older classmen, guys like Tyrese Ritchie have already said they're going to be back for next season. So it's like, yeah, this year sucks. Don't get me wrong. Like getting our hopes up. Like if you know what, I honestly don't even want to hear nobody complain because we, you know, on top of the student athletes putting in all the time that they're putting in, the people that work for the NIU athletic department and all the people that cover it, like we're the ones that should be complaining. You know what I'm saying? Like I understand people getting mad about it, but it's like right now is a time to kind of just like, let's stick together. Let's not all, you know, fall apart and, and feel like the sky is falling about this team. Because like you said, this is a weird year. It's the COVID year. I mean, you know, the last time I checked the score before we started recording, NIU men's basketball was losing by over 30 points to Pitt on the road. So it's like we're getting it from all angles. It does suck. But Coach Hammock is the guy. I don't I don't think we could be any more clear about that. I, I don't know where people get this this ideology that like because we're 0-5 this year that it's all on Coach Hammock or Coach Hammock is not the proper – you know, candidate to be our head coach. I think that's a crock of shit. And I honestly will not, like I said, tolerate any, anything like that. 
on the timeline or on any of our posts. It's it's getting ridiculous. I understand the frustration, but this year we've. I mean, we're not moral victory, guys. Don't get me wrong. You, I mean, Ethan, you were in the press conference, and we'll get into that in a second. But I, I went back and watched it, and it's 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 deflating to see you know our guys that put in so much work week in and week out come up short and in such you know strange ways like you said you know the backup quarterback comes in today and throws for 432 yards like is he a dj ukulele from clemson you know what i'm saying like that doesn't happen on most college football teams most teams are going to put that kid in with the training wheels on and you know hats off to matt candle for really testing coach hammock with with the play calling and, and the ability to stretch the, you know, stretch the field and get things going for his offense. I think one thing going back to just making sure that we know coach hammock is the guy making sure everyone else knows that too, is I still think that they are still facing that roster turnover from the transition from Rod Carey to, to coach hammock right now. I still think that right now, yeah, you were able to experience that roster turnover, but now it's the building point. It's the building, the building blocks or building the foundation to, a better football team and right now these losses that they're facing despite how tough they are are only going to make this team better and stronger like I, I it's tough and I get it we've all been there we've been on shitty high school football teams I know you and you and I both have played on shitty high school football teams and we hate losing but you know what losses make teams better you know I mean we've seen how many teams go winless in the NFL but things turn around and that's the best part about being a fan of a college football program is the team can suck one year, but you give it two, three years to with the right guy at the helm and the right talent in the locker room. They could be any kind. The sky's the limit. And I think for this team, the sky is the limit. There's a lot of young talent. There's a lot of guys that are making names for themselves as freshmen right now. We've seen it throughout this entire season. You give those guys a chance to work in the weight room and get some more experience and really get a chance to soak in this season telling you this team is going to be dangerous. Yeah, and the Masters of the Soak actually just lost to Coastal Carolina. So tough look for the Mormons today. The Mullets won. But, I mean, this season we had high expectations. I'm, I will go out and say I apologize if we got anybody hyped up thinking that this was a team that could be playing in Detroit. Like, we're battling to go and win one game this year. I saw a tidbit on the internet, Twitter.com today, that – this is the worst start for NIU since 1998. So obviously, you know, it's, you can hear it in people's voices. You can hear it in, in the press conferences and in the interviews and in wherever. I mean, you see it on the message boards, but I just feel like the Mac is such a like toss up con- uh, conference every year that, yeah, like this year wasn't our year. We'll be back. Like Dustin Fletcher outside of the fumble where he got absolutely smoked, which I think was, in my opinion, one of the one of the you know less than favorable play calls from tonight's game because we had just ran it with him like four times in a row. I felt like a play action probably would have been a good a better a better look for that for that offense to try and move the sticks there. And you know they run the read option, Dustin pulls it, and he had no shot from the jump. There was three guys right there, and they just absolutely cleaned his clock. Just another thing too, I when I asked Coach about. Ross Bauer's performance today he said that was another thing they need to protect him a little bit better and and I think that that was the case especially on the last drive we saw him take the sack and it kills drives and I think that that's one thing that you see in the second half you see this team whether they start to get a little more a little more tired whatever it may be but 
Uh, I agree that the the pocket needs to be a little bit more cleaner for Ross. And we saw it in the first half with a clean pocket. He can step up, make the throws. When he's under pressure, we saw him overthrow guys near the end. So needs to be better on that side of the ball. And, and when it does, this team will be good. I'll hold up too. And one other thing I wanted to touch on with the Mac, with it being so crazy too. We saw three teams today that I, I don't know. Well, Akron maybe would have been the, the prediction over Bowling Green, but Ball State really ran Central Michigan, and then Eastern Michigan, the team we play next week, pulled off the upset today. Yeah, and they put a fucking 50-burger on the board, too. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I saw that. Crazy. I saw that while I was watching the end of the Coastal game before we started recording. And, yeah, I am probably going to eat crow uh, if we lose that game because I don't even know if – I'm going to look on ESPN right now. I don't know if they have, like, lines. I don't know if we're favorite or not for that. But I would assume after today's performance and the way Eastern Michigan has kind of – they are kind of where we should be at is what people e- are kind of thinking. Mat- ESPN's matchup prediction has West – or I'm sorry, Eastern at 51.3. So it's still pretty close. Oh, so it's like a 50-50 game, yeah. Yeah, usually they put we'll, – we'll get that all out on the preview. I mean – I've seen a lot of Eastern Michigan's games this year, and they just are able to move the ball against everyone. And it's really in in part due to their quarterback, Preston Hutchinson. He's able to run the rock. He's able to, you know, get all of his receivers involved. And, yeah, it's, you know, it's the Braden Patton Bowl. His dad's a coach over there, and he's one of the captains over here at NIU, one of our upperclassmen, our center, the anchor on that offensive line. So it's a there's still a lot to be played for. And I understand, you know, frustration, best case scenario, all we do is get out of this season with one win. But I was going to say similar to last season, how they won on senior night. And, you know, you kind of could use that to go into the next off season this whole year, just look at it as a wash. And even for the players, they're able to gain that extra year of eligibility. If, if they would like to stay at Northern for another season. I'm going to shout out, our guy and yourself, because it's a famous beat on 300 quote. Matt Adelano commented on my post, time to go 1-0 and next week, and that's what this team is going to do. They're going to go out, win the final game of the football season, carry that momentum into next year. There is a lot to play for in this football game, and if you're Coach Hammock and you're in, this, you're in the NIU locker room, I really think that that's the mindset you have to have going into this football game. You were, like I said, possessions, drives away from winning football games this season. There's a lot to look forward to. Eastern Michigan, despite winning uh, big over Western today, I think it's still a beatable football team. This defense just needs to clean it up a little bit. The offense needs to clean up the pocket, and Ross can make plays when it when it's happened. Yeah, and he had a real you know a realistic shot of going for that 303 game, but like you said, the pocket was breaking down, and he was getting you know he was getting smacked around there in that second half, and it's not good for your quarterback to take those kind of hits and you know it really it goes into their their thinking you know their their clock is ticking a little bit quicker they want to get rid of that ball they don't want to take that shot so it is what it is but you know hats off to Harrison I don't want to overlook I was just about to say I do not want that to overlook the performance of Harrison Whaley today yeah exactly so 19 carries 114 yards his first 100 yard game on his career and he's a freshman 18 years old why don't you tell everyone what Coach Hammock said about Harrison Whaley in the press conference? Yeah, he talked about uh, this week. He was named the starter this week, and Coach Hammock said he just had a had a feeling about him. Went up to the coaches, said he has a he has a feeling that Harrison Whaley was going to be something special this week, and lo and behold, 
puts up over 100 yards for the first time in his college career. And just he's really just continuing to make a name for himself. He's running hard. Coach Hammock kind of compared Whaley to a former NIU back Garrett Wolf. His size and his weight, you know, Harrison Whaley is a little bit smaller and he acknowledges that, but Hammock said, uh, well, you know, Garrett Wolf was 165 pounds. That's, uh, that was the quote from the press conference as well. He also mentioned one thing that every NIU fan should keep their eye on going forward. Coach Hammock is naming Harrison Whaley. He, uh, he will be the best in the conference. And I love that. I've seen that, the power. He's so quick on the outside. He's able to make that cut and just go. He's going to be a compliment to this offense. That's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely someone that we're going to be looking forward to seeing over the next few seasons here in DeKalb. But someone else that I want to give a shout out to is uh, Devin Lafayette. You know, he had his an interception today. He had quite a few tackles and was all over the field. And someone that we've really seen come on strong in his role as a starting free safety, uh, starting freshman free safety. He finished the day with 13 total tackles and eight solos. So Sean Taylor type shit, bro, like all over the field. It just another guy, too. He came on, I think it was maybe a week ago, and he's just another young guy that's making a name for himself on this defense. And I'm telling you, once these there, there are pieces right now that will need to be put together. And that defense is, is still a work in progress with guys that are, you know, in and out. Obviously, we've missed a linebacker for the season in Lance DeVoe and, you know, things aren't all there. But like I said, you give this t- team some time to adapt. Obviously, missed tackles have been a key issue, but the secondary you know, even he said it in the press conference, he, he thought that they played well today. It was important to rally to the ball. Just, you know, we got to clean up the missed tackles. I think there was a lot of that again today. We saw it, it resulted in a touchdown for Toledo down, uh, I believe, in the, the south end zone. So you got to clean that up. You've got to play good football in order to win football games. And missed tackles is not that. Yeah, you got to clean up the tackling. That's one thing that I saw that, you know, definitely was not ideal today, the Toledo receivers and running backs were a little bit slippery out there. And yeah, we weren't able I, to get, I think that's another, I think that's just another key element to like them. You asked, uh, you had me ask Devin today, just how was he able to get into that college speed? And I think that that's really just another thing with these six games is they're picking up the speed. They're able to, you know, you're breaking down, you're, you're picking up on what these guys are doing. This, we all see him rally to the football. It's going to be there. We just got to relax. Quote Aaron Rodgers. I hate to do it, but just relax. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, I, I'm not an Aaron Rodgers guy, but yeah, it it's frustrating. You know, NIU men's basketball is not doing us much favors right now. They, you know, their game's gone final a lot to a little, to say the least. The women's team got a win against Western Illinois today. And, you know, right now it's just let's continue to keep our student athletes safe. Let's keep them on the right track and the right projections so that ultimately here at some point in the future, they can compete for MAC titles. But yeah, for the most part this year in football, right now, the only goal is to go out and just get that one victory. It's tough that the season has gone this way, but we're here. We got to deal with it. And the best part about you know the season right now is there's only one more game. So once that, once that clock hits zero, I don't think anybody in that room is going to be thinking too heavily on this season. Obviously they'll do their film study and they'll, you know, cross their T's and dot their I's about this season. But I feel like spring practices will go strong. The team will continue to recruit heavily and and get good quality classes here to DeKalb and it's going in the right direction. So I 
am not worried about this team long term. This year has sucked, but we will get through it, and this team will be back. I just want to take it back to your press conference last year, final game of the season against Western Michigan. You asked Coach Hammock, what's next? What did he say? Recruiting, baby. He went on the recruiting trip that week. so He gets right to work. It might be a little different this year with COVID, but he gets right to work. The team's going right to work. They're getting ready for 2021 just like we will. Yeah, so with that being said, who do you have for players of the game? Well, I think it's pretty obvious who I'm going with on the offensive side of the ball. The only running back to get carries today, and boy, did he make them count. Harrison Whaley just continuing to make his name on the offensive side of the ball. We touched on it every football podcast. You've got to establish the run to have a successful offense. I think we've shown that we're going to be able to establish the run for the next four to five years, depending on how uh, far along Harrison Whaley will stay. Defensive side of the ball, another guy that we talked about. Devin Lafayette had a good game, but you know what? I'm going to go with the guy who had 11 total tackles today. He made a lot of big plays. You heard his name being called a lot. Jordan Gandy just got the scholarship this week, too. Man, these guys that are getting scholarships are coming out and making plays like the game after. Trayvon Rudolph, another one that got on scholarship and made an impact right away. So these young guys continuing to make an impact and uh, just you know, great videos all around. Keep the scholarships coming and keep those videos coming. Yeah, and you know, right now, those are the type of things that's going to keep this program together and keep them tight knit and just to get them through this time. So with that being said, you know, for my offensive player of the game, I'm, you know, I'm obviously I fall victim to going second, but yeah, I'm also going to go with Harrison Whaley. I mean, this guy is five foot eight, 180 pounds. He reminds me a lot of Garrett Wolf, similar to what, you know, coach Hammock talked about, you know, with Garrett Wolf and, for those of you that don't know, that was really the first introduction that I had to NIU. So I didn't have the luxury of, you know, like yourself, having someone in your family that that went to NIU or, you know, had ties to it. I just kind of I would see him on like Comcast Sportsnet and I knew who Garrett Wolf was and I knew who Garrett Wolf was because he was an absolute savage on the field and someone that went to our Chicago Bears. So. Awesome for Coach Hammock to make that reference. I see a lot of similarities in that comparison. And, you know, with with the defensive side of the ball, it's it's my second week in a row going with this pick, but I'm going to have to go with Devin Lafayette. So the way the kid has played throughout this season has been phenomenal. A freshman making the type of plays and, and getting, you know, all these tackles and, you know, key interception at a key point in the game is just something that you want to see out of your underclassmen. And that kid has a very bright future here at NIU. Throw a couple extra pounds on him, get him, you know, through a couple years of that nutrition program, he's going to be a safety to be reckoned with and someone that will be up for all Mac considerations when he's an upperclassman. So, again, we take the positives with the negatives. Ethan, I know you were, you know, you were using the charger before we left the suite today, but, you know, after – Toledo scored that last touchdown, bro. I was face palming harder than I think I've ever face palmed. I think it's just because we knew we were right there. I also think it's because we knew kind of what was going to happen. We've seen that story written time and time again with this football team, and it, it sucks week in and week out to be so close to a win and you can't pull it out. But from the football standpoint, and you look at the full four quarters and not just the second half, this team is so close. This team is right there. Um, Devin talked about it as well. The defense is, is so close to just being so good. They know what they can do. They know what kind of team this is. I've said it week in and week out now. Next year is going to be a fun year. I, it could be 
a real hit or miss year. I still think that you're going to see some developmental issues early on in the season. But by the time this team hits Maction again next year, I really think that you're going to give these Buffalo, Western Michigan type teams a run for their money. Yeah, I honestly think so, too. And, and something we've talked about here on this podcast is a lot of these teams that are at the top of the MAC right now is because of their upperclassmen. And they will be losing a lot of those upperclassmen, some of those great players that we've already seen this season, guys like Khalil Pimpleton, Antonio Nunn, Jared Patterson, you know, these type of guys, uh, Sky Moore and, and uh, Dwayne Eskridge, they're not going to be there next year. So let's see what, you know, let's see what Coach Hammock can do with a full 12 game season. Let's see what these young underclassmen can do with the full 12 game season, because as crazy as this sounds and as tinfoil hat theory as this sounds, if this was a 12 game season, I would be sitting here on this microphone trying to figure out a way how we go seven and five or six and six. So it is what it is. It's a six game sprint. I don't think we're the fastest person off the line and it is what it is. I, you know, this team will be back. This podcast will be back. We'll be back next week with a preview. We're going to start getting into more basketball coverage as the football season has, you know, kind of come to an end here. We got one more game left. But, Ethan, do you have any wrap-up thoughts here for our listeners today? I think we just really need to, like you said in the beginning, I think that there's a lot of slander going on with this football team. It was a beyond crazy season. We still got one more left. Let's make that one last game count. Let's go on the road. Let's beat Eastern Michigan. The one win next week, I know you said it this week, the one win this week will start it all. But if you are able to get a win, get the momentum going, build some confidence going into the offseason, I really, really think that this team is going to be a dangerous NIU football team in 2021. Yeah, and with that being said, I think that's the perfect stopping point for this episode. We'll be back next week. Like I said, we'll preview the Eastern Michigan game, and obviously we'll have a post game for you. Uh, once basketball season, well, it already started, obviously, but once football season is over and we are fully transitioned to basketball, we will develop a new schedule somewhat around the ability to kind of recap a couple games at a time because I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Regular show takes about five hours, give or take, just to put out from start to finish, editing, all that stuff. So to be able to do that for like 30 basketball games is just a lot. We might have a little bit more time during winter break and depending on work schedules and stuff like that, we could probably figure it out. But we don't want you guys to miss out on the coverage. So at the very least, it will be probably still two episodes a week, but just somewhat of talking points from the games during that week. It won't be the same format as how we're doing football season. So, Ethan, anything uh, anything else before we wrap it up? Looking forward to getting back into basketball coverage. It's been a rough start with this basketball team, like has been with the football team. You talked about it, but, hey, it's fun to watch a team build up from the bottom, and I guess it's the hard way. You know what they say. The hard way, yeah, absolutely. And that was actually the perfect, perfect stopping point. So, Make sure you check out our friends over at Manscaped. Use promo code ONTAP. You'll receive 20% off and free shipping on your order for all your manscaping needs. Stay tuned for future episodes. We'll be back with 100 more interviews in the offseason. We got nothing else for you guys. And go Huskies. Yeah. I got drinks of living left in the kitchen whipping magic. I got drinks of living left in the kitchen with magic. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. 12 put me overcoming with it. They took my heart away.
Hardaway, Hardaway. 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 Harda